0: O measureless church, clad in divine armor, your gems the color of heaven. You are the fragrance of the wounds of nations, the city of knowledge. O lady, O jewel ever sparkling, such music sounds at your crowning. Years ago, I had a radio show. It was called Nocturna Cantica. It played in Urbana, Illinois. I was the, I don't know, third or fourth, fifth, I don't know how many hosts they had. I was tragically the last host. Um, when, I, when I moved away from, from, from Urbana to Springfield, Illinois, we couldn't find anybody to take over the show for me, and so the show ended. It played at midnight on Sunday nights. I've never figured out, does that technically count as Monday morning or is it Sunday night? It started at midnight, between Sunday and Monday, and two hours, which made going to work the next morning tricky, um... And it played mostly Gregorian chants, which are those monks from hundreds of years ago singing. Uh, and I loved it. It was such a fun show. And we, had, we had people that would listen every week, and it was, it, was, it was a lot of fun to play. Those lyrics are translated the Latin. Those are, were written by a, a composer, a woman named Hildegard von Bingen, uh, who wrote those words over 800 years ago about the church. She wrote something called The Symphony of the Celestial Harmony, uh, and, and as the show was ending, and I knew that we got down to the last show, I wanted to make sure that her, one, of her, one of her songs was the last piece played on that show. It was a great note to close on if you have a radio show that's been going for, I don't know how long it had been going, 10, ten or more years, and had to end. The Harmony of Her Music uh, was a blessing to the church 800 years ago. Uh, the words were powerful then, they are powerful now. She, uh, when she talks about the, the symphony of celestial harmony, the harmony that she is talking about are not musical notes. Uh, the the, the, this, the symphony for celestial harmony was about God's relationship with man and the harmony that we as the church, the bride of Christ, are to have with God. That that theme of harmony was important two thousand years ago, when when Peter wrote his epistles. It was important eight hundred years ago, when when Hildegard was writing her music. It is important for the church to hear today. It is important for the home, uh, the 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 home, the house of the twenty first century worldwide but especially in the United States is not as healthy as it should be. What kind of music do we hear? What kind of harmony do we hear in our homes, in our lives? Sarcasm or encouragement? Arguments or kindness? Bitterness or laughter? Cacophony or harmony? What what would we prefer? I want to look at First Peter chapter three today, and 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 one of the things I want to remember is context. We're so bad about taking Scripture out of context, where we take a verse and, and we look at it and and think that that's the totality. But the way you, we don't do that to music. We don't listen to like the middle minute of a of a of a five minute song. Uh, the the context that the music fits in matters. The context that Scripture fits in matters. A lot of times. The beginning of chapter 3, seven verses are read as if that's everything. But I want to keep reading past it because there's a greater context that this all fits in. 1 Peter chapter 3. Wives, in the same way, be submissive to your husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as braided hair and the wearing of gold jewelry and fine clothes. Instead, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past, who put their hope in God, used to make themselves beautiful. They were submissive to their own husbands, like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him, Her master, you are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Finally, all of you live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic. "'Love his brothers, be compassionate and humble. "'Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, "'but with blessing, because to this you were called, "'so that you may inherit a blessing. "'For whoever would love life and see good days "'must keep his tongue from evil "'and his lips from deceitful speech. "'He must turn from evil and do good. "'He must seek peace and pursue it. "'For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous.' And his ears are attentive to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. This builds on what we talked about last week at the end of chapter two, because there's a context, there's a flow. None of the books of the Bible uh, were written to be pulled apart and read in, in. The chapters are artificial. Uh, we we we've inserted them to make it easier to look things up, uh, with a couple of exceptions of books like Lamentation that probably should have had five chapters. Most of the books of the Bible were not meant to be diced up and pulled apart, and 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 so we recognize that as we're reading chapter three, we it, it's assumed that we just read what's in chapter two, and that we don't stop at the end of verse seven. Uh, verses 1 through 7 do largely apply to the family, although the context is that Peter segues into, the, into all of us, into the church. Uh, and I think it's fair to say that we recognize that Scripture was not written in a vacuum. It was written in a certain time and in a certain place, and there is some cultural context that we try to, that we try to understand. That said... We dismiss Scripture at our, at our own risk. Uh, I, I had some friends that got into a a, uh, a social media debate with a person that referred to Paul uh, the, uh, as a misogynist uh, this week, and they tried to pull me into the conversation, and I said, I, I, I don't want to argue with someone who's decided that Scripture can be blown off that simply. There's no argument to be had. I don't consider, whoever this person is, he's not a Christian, uh, because it, Peter and Paul, it, either this book is the Word of God or it isn't. If it's if it's the Word of God, then we dismiss it at our risk. Uh, these were words that the Holy Spirit inspired Peter to write. We don't get to blow them off. We don't get to say, well, I don't like that bit, so I'm going to ignore it. Uh, it's... This this guy on the internet said, well, you know, there's the words of Jesus, then there's Paul, and it's just Paul. And that's not a phrase that we as Christians can do. I, I will reiterate what I have said before. The Bible is inerrant, sufficient, authoritative, infallible, divinely inspired, it's universal for everybody, and uniquely it is, it is the only book that is all of that. That is what we believe at this church. That is what we teach at this church. And so we don't write off parts of Scripture. That said, context matters. And 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 Peter here is segueing from the family into the church, but isn't the church a family? It's the family of God, and 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 the, and and if we divide this into one through seven is about the family, and eight through twelve is about the church. Don't they help us understand each other? Uh, what for example, people? So many people misunderstand this. Just as an example. Paul doesn't say, or Peter doesn't say, "Don't wear jewelry." What he says is, "Ladies, don't make jewelry the point of your existence. Don't make that be the source of your beauty." And I think we all agree with that. Character matters. Peter wants that. He wants you to have godly character. He doesn't say, "Don't wear jewelry." He said, "Don't, don't be superficial. Don't make that the point." I want to look. I want to focus really on verse eight, that transition verse between family and church, because I think that's the key verse for this passage. Uh, and. And, as he says, all of you live in harmony, and i 'm a musician, at least I pretend to be i don 't know that i 'm a good musician, but I like it um, I, I listen to CDs all the time that makes me a musician right I listen to the, I listen to music that that counts uh, I, the, the harmony harmony is a musical term, and I think that it can give us an insight into this text or at least a window so the the All the best musical advice is encapsulated in this verse, and I think that it applies to us. So if you'll bear with me, I'm going to use musical uh, uh, terminology today to talk about how the church is to function. It might give us insight into how our family is to function as well. We are called to be sympathetic, or another way to put it is to resonate with one another. Now, before I was a preacher, I was a locksmith, and there is a rule. there are certain rules that my boss gave me that he gave me for reasons, and unfortunately, sometimes I figured out what those reasons were. One of his rules was never open the driver's door on a car. Always open the passenger door. Now, there were multiple reasons for this. Number one, the driver's door is far more worn out. It's used so much more. More things will break in it if you try to open it. Also, if you are following up behind another locksmith who couldn't get the car open— and that happened a lot in our job. Um, if you're following up, that person probably tried to get the driver's door open. And if they broke something, and this happened so many times, if they broke something when they couldn't get it open, or just the car owner tried to get it open with a coat hanger, they couldn't They couldn't get us. They couldn't sue us for breaking their car door because we didn't touch the driver's door. Whoever did the passenger door. And I can't count how many times somebody called to complain, you, when you tried to open my car, you broke my driver's door. We never... Touch the driver's door. You did it with a coat hanger. There was a day I was lazy. I was in a rush. It was a pickup truck. It was one of the easiest, it, it was probably the single easiest model to possibly open. I knew that this was, if I was slow, a five second job put the wedge in the window, put the tool down, pull the lock up, walk away. It really was that easy. So that's exactly what I did. The driver's door was closer, put the wedge in the window, put the tool down, slid the lock up, pulled the tool out, and hit what a friend of mine in auto repair called uh, the the precise harmonic resonance of glass. As that car, t- because I did it so quickly, as I slid that, that what we call a fork tool up, Along the side of the glass, it set up the exact vibration that turns glass to dust. There was not a piece the size of rice, it was just dust. I've never, there, there may have been a crack, a tiny little nick somewhere in the window. I've ne- I'd heard of that happening. I thought it was like Bigfoot. I thought that that was a, a, a legend that you can take glass and you can turn it to dust if you hit the right frequency. But I did it and watched it and went back, and my boss said, and that's why we open the passenger window, and or the passenger door, and, you know, yeah, we charged this guy for the car opening, and then we had to pay even more to replace the glass. Uh, the, the, that, that, that's what Harmon... So sympathy, that sympathetic resonance... My father is a drummer. He's a pre- preacher. Um, but, but, but when I say that I, I, I style myself a musician, there's a lot of music in my family. My father is a drummer, and a very good one. Uh, and, and one of his favorite instruments to play, he likes the timpani. And and if you go to a, a concert, to a, sym, to a symphony, when the concert is over, if you can sneak your way on to the, to the, to the stage the timpani is still resonating after the concert for, for quite some time. If it's a good concert, if there was good, if there was good sympathy in the band, um, or, or go to a guitar store, and if the guitars are tuned well, pluck one string, and they'll all resonate a little bit because, they're all, because if tuned to the right note, there is a resonance that, that instruments will have with each other. Uh, in in a home, and in the church, when we resonate with one another, we are sympathetic with one another. Sympathy is one of those delightful Greek words I enjoy playing with. The Greek word for sympathy is sympathy. Sum pathos, uh, which which literally means uh, with shared feelings, with compassion. Uh, many conflicts could be avoided. If we took the time to be sympathetic with one another, to resonate with each other in the church, in your family as well, sometimes instead what we what we do is we pick up unpleasantness and we pass that along. Dad has a bad day at work. He comes home. He takes it out of the kid. Kid has a bad day and, and now the dog gets kicked and the dog didn't do anything wrong. Dad had a bad day at work. The home is to ring with sounds of sympathy. Wives and husbands and kids, when, when people are listening to each other, resonating with each other, listening, we, we pick that up, and, and, and that sympathy is that we have greater harmony and we get along better. Uh, the home becomes a better place. A Christian home is characterized by that sympathy with each other. And the church, it's the same thing if we try to see where each other is coming from, try, try to resonate with each other and, and not just focus on ourselves. Our world is such a selfish place and it's so easy as Christians to act worldly and the world says you're the only one that matters. The world says selfishness is a virtue. Looking out for number one is all that matters at the end of the day and the church should be alien to that. If this church resonates with sympathy for one another, then this church will grow. I believe that. Because people won't find that anywhere else in the world. The rest of the world is selfish. The church should be sympathetic. The church should care. When, when we ask you how you're doing, we don't want the answer fine. Unless you're really fine. What we want, Kenny, you're often fine. You say that all the time. Fine, fine is the hair on your head. If it's true, you can say that. But if you're not, fine, don't lie to me. Don't tell me that you're fine if you're not. I, I, I care. Uh, we should all care about each other. We want to know how each other is doing. We want to know where each other is coming from. Uh, and when I say that the church will grow, I don't even necessarily mean numerically. Individually, we will grow closer to Christ. As we grow, as you grow, as you grow, as you grow, I will grow we will build each other up when we are in sympathy with one another we are called to resonate with one another when 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 peter says love as brothers we recognize that we are also called to play as an ensemble um, where there are solo acts and there are ensemble acts uh, Elvis Presley tried out for multiple southern gospel quartets, but he didn't, he didn't make any of them because Elvis could sing a solo really well, but he couldn't figure out how to blend his voice with others. And, and, I, can't, and I can't help but wonder, one, looking at how his life kind of fell apart at the end, if he had had three other guys that had been his closest confidants to kind of hold him up and encourage him when the going got tough, if he wouldn't have had a better ending. Um, uh, I, I've known many musicians through the years who play really good solos and, and do really lousy in a group. A lot of churches... Struggle, Chris and Beth, you guys do fantastic together. A lot of churches struggle with. We got a piano and an organ, but we can only use one at a time because our, our because the people that know how to play them don't know how to play with each other. And and that is a skill. Let me be very clear for all of you. If you're not a musician, the ability for our musicians to play together is a talent that doesn't come naturally. It takes work. It takes effort. It takes practice. Great soloist singers don't always make great choir members. In fact, I would argue that, that that, again, is a talent that has to be learned. I've known many people that have sung church solos through the years that did not do well in, cho- in in choirs, and the smart ones were ones that didn't even try. They loved singing Sunday morning solo, but when it came time for a Christmas cantata, they didn't bother because they knew they didn't, they didn't blend well. They hadn't learned that. It is a different skill set. That happens in families. Um, some of us as people, uh, uh, it, it, In our lives, we make lousy duets. Uh, There are some people, the Bible talks that not everybody is called out for marriage. There's no shame in that. Some of us, in our own personal lives, we're not called to play a duet. And there is no shame in staying single. Too many many times our society treats people as broken if they're single. Uh, You're not married, what's wrong with you? The fact is that God didn't cut out everybody for marriage. Uh, Duets are difficult, and such people... Uh, uh people who get married should commit themselves to the duet it's not an easy subject trios i've discovered are harder um now that now that now that mommy and daddy and, and and the third one came along some of you into big bands and uh that good good for you i i a trio is is tough enough on on me but for those of you with the big families and and again it's a different skill set and it takes a different work uh, uh I, I remember hearing about the writer I don't remember his name. There was the writer that gave, gave uh, uh, he wrote a book on, on like s- 12 steps for a happy family. Uh, he didn't have any kids yet. Uh, updated the book when his first kid came along, 12, 12 suggestions for a happy family. Uh, by the time the fourth kid came, ar- came along, the name of the book was Help Me, I'm Dying. Uh, so, so, some of you, some of you make it look easy. Uh, that You know, all these kids, uh, it, it, it's not easy to me. Some people are called to solos and some to duets and some to big, to big bands, and, and Elvis wasn't graced to sing parts. Some people aren't graced for duets and bands. Part of being a good musician is knowing what you can do and playing to that strength and not trying to do what you're not good at. The, in the family, this is love. In the church, this is love too. Although again, there are different words for love, it is still love. Church choir is tough. Choirs and cantatas; and th- these are not easy. It takes. It's. It's not just about hitting the right notes. It's about struggling to blend in, so that it sounds better when we work together. Blending is is the part I, I don't do well. Um, I I struggle with hearing. Am I singing too loud, Too soft? My wife will tell me afterwards when i'm when i'm too loud sometimes um, uh, some some of us struggle to blend at home as well uh, it is a struggle it's an, it's alien to our world uh to to try to to blend the way that we do because again, everybody is selfish in our world this world values selfishness we when 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 the Bible says put others before yourself, that is an alien concept to the world. Some of us in the church have this struggle. We struggle to blend in at the church. Let me say that the purpose of the church is it's an ensemble. It's not a solo. It's not about you getting recognition. Here, we're called to harmonize and to love one another deeply. If we're committed to the band, this is a commitment to love church, the bride of Christ, as a church, we're called to be committed to love, committed to each other. We live in a world today that has given up on commitment, and the divorce rates are so high, sky high because we see a world that is committed to selfishness and not to. People stay in marriage as long as the going is good. I, I legitimately heard this. I did marriage counseling for someone in Illinois and i said i don't know that you and i said to the, this couple i don't know that you guys are ready to get married and and he made the comment well we thought we'd give it a shot yeah and that but that's her attitude. but but he didn't see anything wrong in that statement and she didn't either she was sitting we'll give it a try we'll see if it works out that that's the mindset of our world with marriage that's the my the problem i don't like doing weddings and the reason I don't like doing weddings is by the time they come to my office for premarital counseling or to set up the wedding, they have already, they've already been sending out invites. They've already told everybody they're getting married, and there's nothing I can say that might change that mind even if they raise every red flag in the book. That typically happens. And so I don't like, I, I don't like doing premarital counseling because at that point it almost... This is not for everybody, but for some people it feels like damage control. You guys have already decided you're getting married, and I don't think you should be getting married, but let's see if we can give you some tools to make this work, and it shouldn't be that way. The the home, you can't unring that bell. When you get married, it's, it's supposed to be for life. Uh, it's supposed to make... You can't put kids back if you just change your mind. We are part of an ensemble. In our family, it's an ensemble. The church, the bride of Christ, is an ensemble. We have to be committed to love, not convenience. Uh, we're in this together, and it is a commitment to love one another as part, part of an ensemble to 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 love one another as brothers and sisters. We, we are also called, when he says to be compassionate, we use that word um, uh, 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 compassion, like sympathy, compassion has that same same root word, calm and pathos, with pathos. We are called to be musically sensitive to the dynamics. My parents are both very musical, uh, good singers, uh, good piano players, both of them. Uh, my, my father, as I said, was a drummer. As kids, we all had to play instruments starting in fourth grade, and I, I played the trombone from fourth grade all through college. Uh, I didn't have a choice. My parents said, you have to be in the band, and the fourth grade band director said, every seat is full except we don't have a trombone section. If you want to join my band, you have to play trombone. So I had zero choice in life. I was told, I'm playing trombone, and that was it. There wasn't or nothing I have to be in the band. The band director said you have to play trombone. Good news for me was it was my second choice. So I enjoyed the trombone quite a bit and and played it and learned a lot about music through it. Uh, I've seen some parents, however, tell their kids they have to be in band. And while mom and dad maybe appreciated music and, and liked it, maybe had a musical talent that doesn't always mean that the kids do. And, and certainly I've been in band with one or two people that probably didn't have a musical touch and shouldn't have been in band. Uh, they, they, one of the things that's tough is that dynamics, that, that sensitivity to the dynamics. Peter tells us live with compassion towards one another. One Greek dictionary defined that word compassion as tender consideration and gentle concern. Life is not meant to be lived at one tempo. We laugh with some. We weep with others. We listen to those who need to be heard. We talk with those who need to listen. Have you heard the the experiments that you can make a computer play music, but computerized music doesn't get dynamics? There is an ebb and flow to music that you can't even put it into words it's just the human element to music that makes it different and it 's not by rote it it it's organic and, and and in some ways it's living because we as people are living i i've been to too many churches that out of the hymnal they they sing out of the hymnal and Maybe they don't know the songs, or maybe they've sung the songs so many times that they don't care anymore. Uh, but but they sing, and maybe they hit every right note, but it's not music because their heart's not into it, their spirit's not into it. Uh, this is the danger of singing the same songs week after week after week, and not. You know, and I and I know churches that, that do this. I mean, they they pick their theme song and they sing it every Sunday. And there's a danger in losing what the what the point of the song. On Sunday morning, we're not singing songs. We're singing praises. These are ways that we tell God how much we love him. And I have been in many churches where the goal was to hit the right notes, but the people weren't paying attention to the words. Our, our goal with our music is that you are brought into the throne room of God and that you are able to tell him, how much you love him. And the purpose of the songs is, is that we and different songs every week because we want to do it in different ways and, and not let it become boring and rote. There is something personal about praise. And good music. The difference between a good band and a bad band is the good band. or the bad band's just trying to hit the right notes. But the the a good band the music kind of takes over them, and it kind of the instrument kind of plays the musician. And the instrument becomes something almost living itself uh, real life has dynamics like music uh, it, it cares about volume and, and tempo uh, we we have to live like music kind of organically rolling with the Rolling with the changes of life and shit. We can't just go through life by rote. Uh, one of my one of, one of my favorite pieces. Uh, uh, I I enjoy bolero. Bolero is this kind of long song on on uh, I think it's like fifteen minute long song. When I started on my CD player, I have to wait about a minute to see if I actually hit play because it starts so low and it's so quiet. And if I turn it up enough that I can hear it, then it's going to be too loud by the end of the CD. The 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 melody shifts through the different instruments, which is one of the things that I like about it is that you follow. And, and real life is like that. There are times when we get the solo and then there are times that we play, play the background. And, we, and, and, in one, and in our homes, not one person should not be heard all the time. Different seasons for, for different people. It, harm, the difference in harmony and unison, in unison everybody does the same thing. Everybody sings the same part. In harmony... We, we complement each other. One person gets the solo and one person does, does the backup. When, when Pam and I lived in Illinois, shortly after we got married, we moved to Springfield. I could be a locksmith in Urbana or in Springfield, it didn't matter. But, but for Pam's desired career, Springfield was a better place to live, uh, to, look, to look for certain jobs. When I finished seminary and went into preaching, well, then we moved to Murfreesboro, not for, not for her sake, but for my sake. Uh, there's that trade back and forth. Uh, I want to look at, at, at Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 and starting with verse 9. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position, do not be conceited. Do not repay evil, or do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it's possible, as much as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends. Leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, "It is mine to avenge; I will repay," says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil good. In band, we had to listen for the parts. In the church, we have to do that as well. In the family, we need to do that as well. Do, do we listen or do, or do we want everybody to be in unison with us? Everybody's good as long as they agree with me. That's what unison is, but that's not what the church is called to be final thing I would say is that we have to be humble, Peter says, and, and that's that reminder that not everybody gets to be first chair. Someone plays second fiddle. It's a phrase that exists for a reason. When I was in eighth grade, uh, typically schools, a lot of times, the, the older kids get to be the first chairs in the bands, and, the, and, and so if, you're, if you've got a band full of fourth through eighth graders... Uh, the first trumpet is going to be an eighth grader, and then the problem with—I guess every school went through the same thing. We went, we moved, and so in junior high I ended up in a school where all the trombone players were the same age. I guess every school had a—everybody quit playing trombone, and every every school required all the guy, all the, all the people to play trombone at the same time. So I got to eighth grade, and there were three of us. There were there were four of us. Jay, Dave, me, Jason, we were all trombone another Jason. We were all trombone players. We were all in 8th grade. And we had to figure out who was first trombone and who was second trombone and who was third, and who was fourth. Uh, and and the problem was we were all friends. We didn't want to compete with one another. So we didn't do tryouts. We actually sat it, I think it was a very good we sat down and said who's good at what? Who who hits the highest notes? Who who wants to have the solos? Who doesn't want to have the solos? And, 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 and who wants to have the practice time at home to play the solos correctly? And, and, we, and we worked that out. I ended up on third out of four and enjoyed it. And when I went to high school, I was used to that enough that the band director said, why don't we shift you to bass trombone? Because that's kind of the part you've been playing. What most people call a trombone is a tenor trombone. And so in high school, I got to play bass trombone, and I loved it. It was a great part. Now, there are no bass trombone solos. Mostly, it's whole notes and a lot of them. For those, that, those are the notes that just drag out and drag out. But it, it was, I, I, it was a part that I enjoyed, and I, and, and yeah, I didn't get the solos, but I didn't need the solos. Jay did a good job on the solos, better than I could have done. And part of that, part of humility. We're not talking false humility humility includes the recognition that we're not good at everything and that's okay we're not called to be good at everything. Are we willing to let others have the spotlight? Are we willing to support each other when we're not the center of attention? Bands need that well what would the church be like if everybody wanted to do the same thing if everybody wanted to preach or everybody wanted to lead or every can you can you have an or, no organization can survive if everybody wants to be in charge and nobody and, and nobody wants to follow directions. Uh, we, that, that's true for the church. That's true for the family. Everybody can't have the same voice, which is one of the hard lessons that Paul and Peter are, are teaching us about families is that you, you, everybody can't always get their way. There has to be a God-given method of breaking ties, of deciding things within the family. In an ensemble, there's this, the, there's the lead, but then there's the harmony that supports the lead, and that's what makes music good, to, fun to listen to, good. And and I'll be honest, those bass notes are oftentimes and, and, and the, while drums don't play different notes, they keep up a rhythm. That's what holds the band together anyway. Is is those rhythms and those foundational notes. In the church, we have our part to play. Somebody, some people get more recognition than others. I wish everybody could get the same recognition, but none of it's about the recognition. In the church, we are the bride of Christ, and we have a purpose, and it's not about us. It's about drawing close to the one who is the center of our universe, who is the purpose. In the family, we have parts to play, um, and we sing harmony. We don't sing in unison all the time. Uh, it, in your family, the church... You are called to do your part, no more, no less, uh, because it's, it's, it's not about you, it's not about me. It's about us, but it's about us in harmony with God. That's the symphony of the celestial harmony. It's about us with God. Our hymn of decision, I don't know that it is 635, is it? Is, that? is it? Uh, the, Dr. Don Shirley, the jazz. He, he, Dr. John Shirley was a jazz musician and a painter and a linguist, eight languages, and a psychologist and a liturgical expert for worship. And in a, in a groundbreaking study, he determined that you can link crime rate to the music that you listen to at home, that there is music that calms us and blends us in to our world around us, to society. And there is music that makes us angry, and, 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 and it has a real-world effect on crime. Strife and people fighting to get their way, is that the stuff that we hear at home? Not just in the CD player, but in our words and our lives. Have we made our homes harmonic? What about our church? Is our church a place of harmony? Or is it a, tr- or a place of cacophony? We want his harmony, not our solo act, our cacophony, everybody doing their own thing. We want to be part of the whole. Um, that whole notes, that's that musical language. Uh, whether or not you are a musician, you are part of this ensemble, and we're glad that you're here. If you haven't joined the band, uh, to take that analogy to to its end result, if you haven't become a Christian, I'd like to talk with you about what that looks like. Thank you for listening. You can contact us at our website, firstchurchofchristelkins.com, where you can also find out more. Have a nice week.